T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's a high fly ball. From KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly. To the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's driving jam time! And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Now, Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Right, so we have a little short Sports Open Line tonight. Billikens basketball coming your way in just a little bit. Pre-game's going to start at 6.45. Opening tip tonight at Chaffetz is 7 o'clock. LaSalle is in town. Billikens trying to snap a two-game losing streak. A couple of rough ones against the Bonnies uh, back-to-back. So looking to try to change that tonight and obviously keep themselves in the hunt uh, well, I, I shouldn't say in the hunt. It doesn't even really matter if you win the regular season in the conference all that much. Uh, winning in the postseason would matter a whole lot more. But either way, uh, trying to get things righted as they head down the stretch run. So we got the Billikens at 7 o'clock tonight here on KMOX. Now, in the time that we have, which is eh, a little more than a half hour, uh, we, I want to hit some hockey here at the beginning and do a little bit of baseball. Um, there are a few things that are out there. The, the two sides, by the way, are going to meet again tomorrow. Is that allowed? Are they allowed to meet again within a few days like that? Hmm. It probably should become a little bit more frequent uh, if they want to have the regular season start on time. They pretty much have two weeks. Pretty much have two weeks to see if if spring tra- I'm sorry if if opening day can happen as scheduled on March 31st. If they're not getting it going by the beginning of March, good luck. You know, Manfred said the other day they want, ideally, they want four weeks, at least four weeks of spring training. Doesn't mean that they have to have it. He did say, you know, like, that's what we want. There have been other estimates that say three weeks could work. Um, and, and all honesty, too, I mean, they could also just push back the start of the season by a week, um, add a handful of double headers throughout the course of six months, and then you play all your games and you start a little late, but you're relatively close. I mean, there are a bunch of things that can still go on. But anyway, they're supposed to meet tomorrow, which is is a good thing. I mean, I, to me, every time they meet, it's a good thing. Because even if they're only moving a little bit, let's just get the little bit moving more. I mean, look, I, I, I've talked about it a lot. Eh, yeah, I'm going to save this for later. But I've talked about it a lot. The owners have already won this collective bargaining agreement discussion. They've already won. What were the two biggest things that, that, the, that the Players Association wanted in all of this? The two biggest ones were chance to get to free agency earlier and a chance to get to arbitration earlier. And both of those things were summarily dismissed by the owners. 
Like, not even considered. Like, nope, not even eligible for conversation. And I don't blame them for that, by the way. Those are big deals to the owners. But the point is that those are the th- those are two monstrous concessions. You, those two alone mean the owners won. We'll get a little more baseball in later on. Jason Stark had an interesting piece today in The Athletic where he says there's some things that baseball could learn from the NFL. I'm going to run through that and see where there's some things they could learn, or things that they probably wouldn't be able to figure out. But anyway, we'll get to that a little baseball later on. Let's talk some blues here out of the beginning. Uh, nice win last night against Ottawa. Uh, they, they had a nice combo working with uh, Thomas Buchnevich and Tarasenko. They pick up a 5-2 win. And I wanted to just spend this. You know, we, We've talked a lot about how things have gone. We, we touched a, a good bit now on Billy Hosa. You know, they're getting close, by the way, Huso and Bennington, to having played the same number of games. They're not there, but it's probably going to get there at some point. But Jordan Bennington has played 24 games this year, and Billy Huso has played 17. Bennington is 11-10-3 with a 335 goals against and an 898 save percentage. In 17 games, Billy Huso is 11-3-1. 185 goals against, 939 save percentage. And he you know, obviously played last night. I mean, it, it. are we getting to the point, and I think we are, by the way, my opinion is that we are to the point where getting someone right is not the point anymore. If the opportunity arises, you know, second half of, of uh, back-to-backs, uh, you know, Maybe maybe Huso struggles a few couple games in a row, whatever. Like if the circumstances provide you an opportunity to go back to Bennington, fine, all good. You're going to need two goalies the rest of the way anyway, right? You're going to need two goalies. You've played 47 games. I know you've got 35 more games to go. You're going to need them both. But the the fight's over. I mean, Billy Huso's your best goaltender. And I, again, I don't. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to say that that uh, this is somehow a controversial opinion. I mean, I think this is just common sense. I think every Blues fan listening to me agrees. Um, I'm sure that uh, the team sees it the same way. And I know you want Bennington to get back on track, and I know over time you want him to earn the contract and all that. None of that matters right now. You have 35 games left. You're fighting for playoff positioning. You're in a pretty good spot. You're third in the division coming into play tonight. You're a point ahead of Nashville, but you also have two games in uh, in hand on them. Uh, by, by no means is that any kind of a lock, but you're in pretty good shape to finish in the top three in your division. And even if you don't, you're in really good shape when it comes to the wild card because you have more points. So the, the second wild card right now is is the LA Kings. The Blues have six points more, and they have a game in hand on the Kings. So you, you you control your destiny. In the playoffs, it's going to be about the hot hand, and it will be interesting to see. And by the way, I thought Pierre Lebrun did a really nice profile on The Athletic recently on Doug Armstrong and his potential approach to the trade deadline. And essentially, the way that Lebrun laid it out makes all the sense in the world when we look at how Doug Armstrong has run this franchise. That if there's a deal that makes sense, you'll make a deal. And if there isn't, you're gonna go into you're gonna go to battle in the playoffs with what you have. And the only thing that they would be looking to shore up at this point would be uh some someone on defense. 
ideally somebody that could play on the top pair. But certainly someone that's a top four. And there are some rentals that are going to be available. We got to see what the prices are going to be on those. You know, in the piece that LeBron wrote, he seemed to think that it was highly unlikely that Armstrong would give up a first round pick for a rental. I don't blame him at all. Because one of the things that Army's been really good at is managing the long game, making sure that you're never in such a spot that you don't have options, that you don't have ways to move things around. And a rental on a first-round pick probably isn't the smartest move, generally speaking. Now, again, if you're one of those teams that, let's say you look ahead and you got a bunch of contracts coming up that you're not going to be able to, re- you know, players you're not going to be able to resign, you might be like, our window's closing or whatever. That's different. The Blues are not in that situation. They're not a window's closing kind of team. If anything, this year has shown me that the window has been extended. you've got a hell of a group of forwards and most of them are under team control for a good while. Even though the guy that you're counting on to be your number one goalie isn't playing that way, his backup is playing like a number one goalie. And all you need going into the postseason in any given year is a goalie that's playing well. It doesn't matter what his name is. I mean, Jordan Bennington's name wasn't established when he led them to the Stanley Cup championship. So I think we're we're looking uh, to me I I don't have any real big expectations for the trade deadline, but again, adding somebody on the blue line would be very helpful. I don't think there's anything you need to deal with up front. I don't think you're going to do anything in goal. I mean, it would be weird to do that. But I, I mean, I think that you know, if there if there's an addition that could help you on defense, that's that's where you're going to be seeing the biggest benefit. But you're you're doing a good job overall, even though you don't love you know, even though the pairings don't always look like top of the food chain. You know how many teams in the Western Conference have given up fewer goals than the Blues? One. Nope, sorry, two. I'm sorry, it's two. It's Minnesota and Calgary. They're the only ones that have allowed fewer goals than the Blues. So even and that's that's as much goaltending as it is defense but it all works together and it's the the whole group defensively not just the six defensemen that dress. So deadline will be interesting but you're in a really solid spot and they've been playing good hockey for a good long while now. I mean even though the Blues quote unquote cooled off, they've still won 6 of their last 10 games. And we'll see how things go tomorrow night when they take on the Canadiens in Montreal. And uh, to say that Montreal is having a rough time would be an unbelievable understatement. They've lost 10 games in a row. They have 23 points. Montreal has eight wins. Eight. The Blues have 28. Montreal is by far the worst team in the league. And that's saying something because Arizona is pretty horrible. And Montreal is way behind them. So you should be able to get two points tomorrow night. We'll talk a bit more about that tomorrow night in advance. Well, actually, we won't do that because the game's going to start at six, so it won't. It wouldn't be in advance of the game. But I think you're in pretty good shape there. Get the two points and move on from there. All right, coming up next, we're going to do a little baseball talk about the lockout. We do have a small update. The two sides are going to get together tomorrow. Jason Stark of The Athletic had a piece today where, where he threw up some ideas that perhaps Major League Baseball could learn some things from the NFL 
think there's some things there that make some sense. There are some things there that really don't make any sense because part of it is the way the game is. Talk talk about what I mean. Coming up here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's do a little lockout talk. You know, I mentioned this actually last night. You know, one of the things that's interesting is that you, throughout all of this collective bargaining process, the only thing they're talking about is the money. There's nobody talking about style of play, you know, what the game on the field looks like. We're not really talking enough, at least not from the owner's side, on the competitiveness, like getting teams that have money that they just get to keep now to spend some of it to become become more competitive. Because if you're looking to grow future fan bases, you need teams to be good. I hear all this like, you need more action to get the young generation. They don't care if the action is all their own team getting their ass kicked. You think the 10-year-old in Pittsburgh is like, hoo-wee, we saw a lot of action even though the Pirates lost 9-1. to No. What grows fan bases is success. I present to you the St. Louis Cardinals. You don't have a losing season in 15 years. You've been good for 20 years. And you have great attendance and great engagement and great TV numbers and all of it. It's not hard, man. This isn't complicated. You know, before the Cubs were good, Wrigley was empty all the time. Then they got good. And what happened? Everybody's a Cubs fan. Everybody. Well, you know who really latches on to those things would be the kids. The kids are your future generation. I believe the children are our future. Sorry, I couldn't resist. It's a song. Matt Pajeski, it's a song. You don't know that song. You're looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, you know. You're old for some reason. You're young but old. I don't know how that works. But one thing we haven't heard a lot of is the stuff that's on the field, right? It hasn't been discussed that all the money's always at the focal is always the focus uh, of collective bargaining. Well, Jason Stark made that point today on the athletics. I talked about that last night. Jason did not listen and take this thing. He was already probably had already written all this by the time I talked about it last night. But today he's got a piece where he talks about he's got the headline is simple. It's five things baseball can learn from the NFL playoffs. And I want to run through the topics. I I really highly recommend you read it because I'm not going to read this to you. It's long. And that would be boring and, and uh, well, just be me stealing from Jason Stark, which I don't want to do. But I do want to hit some of the headlines on this and some of the highlights of it so you can go read it and, and get a little more depth. But one of the things that he pointed out, his number one thing was 
feel free to change the rules every once in a while. Like, make changes to them. Hey, look, that's something that the NFL's done. They make rules changes pretty frequently. They're not big ones, though. You know, it's like, you know, defining what the definition of a catch is. But they've, they've changed points of emphasis, right? They, they've made it a lot easier over time for offenses to score. Can't hit the quarterback as much. Can't even land on the quarterback when you tackle him. Not, you can't make contact with offensive players down the field if you're a defensive player. Like, all of that is relatively new, and it has led to offense, and offense is exciting. Here's the problem, though. Football and baseball from this regard are completely are, are horrible comparisons because in football, the offense has the ball. So rules changes that affect the offense are affecting the team that it is in control of the play. In baseball, the defense has the ball. They're in control. So you can do things like limit the shift, but that doesn't guarantee more action. The shift is not as what is not what has cost us action. What has cost us action are strikeouts, more swings and misses. And what what's the cause of that? Well, certainly some of that you blame on the hitters for approach, but some of it is just everyone throws a hundred. Jacob Degrom throws a hundred miles an hour from the first inning till his last pitch. Relievers are all coming in, and you get the first reliever, and he's like ninety-seven. From three-quarter angle lefty throwing crossfire. And then you got the next guy, the righty, throwing 95 with the with the hammer. And then the next guy is a lefty throwing 97 with a slider. And then the last guy is a righty throwing 100. Like, you, you, you don't get a break. The stuff, the velocity is better than before. There's nothing you can do about that. I agree with Jason. I think being willing to play around with rules of the game is is perfectly fine and it's a good idea. But I just don't know that it works for what we're talking about as the problem. I can't think of a rule change that you could make today that would make hitters allow hitters to put the ball in play more. You can tell people they can't throw 100. And you're not allowed to throw that filthy slider anymore. Or you can only throw three breaking pitches per at bat. I mean, like, what are we doing to limit this? I don't know. But that, that I like, I, I mean, I'm with the idea, but I don't think what we can do is, is going to solve the current problem that we have. I don't know how this is something that baseball could learn from. Just one, I, I was a little confused because Jason Stark's second point was the Stars have a chance to change every game in the NFL, right? Well, because the quarterback always has the ball in his hands. Um, you know, the, the, you're, you're always in the middle of the mix, right? The defensive lineman is always on the field when you're on defense. And he used the point that guys like, you know, Mike Trout, they're only going to bat four times a game. You know, they might get a few balls hit their way in the field, and you don't know if it's going to be anything spectacular or not. I don't know how you change that. What can you learn? (laughs) Here's what I learned from that. You can't be the NFL or the NBA in that regard. You can't be the NHL. In the NHL, your star player is out there 20-plus minutes. A third of the game. Baseball doesn't work that way. I don't know what you do to change that. I just don't know how. How how do you change that? Another observation Jason made was the NFL's best pitchers, quote unquote pitchers, the quarterbacks, they're the ones that are pitching when the game is on the line. Okay, so how do we how do we legislate that in baseball? How do we make that happen? How is that something we can learn from? I mean, we can allow pitchers to go deeper into games, but Pitching changes are going to happen based on performance, based on fatigue, based on all kinds of things. 
See, I guess what I'm saying is, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is, you can't compare any other sport to another sport. You, you can't compare baseball to football or basketball or hockey. You can't compare hockey to football or basketball or baseball. They, they are all their own thing. They have their own sets of rules, and that's all. Now, there were a couple things that, that Jason hit on in the athletic, Jason Stark did, like can we start games earlier? I mean, sure, you could do that in the postseason. Uh, but again, are we are we going to be are we going to be hosing the West Coast if we do that? You think West Coast fans want four o'clock afternoon games on a weeknight during the postseason? I think not. I mean, they're at work, so kind of a problem. I do think there are things that baseball can learn from football. One of them would be. Figure out a way to keep your game notable and relevant all season long. And, of course, this year you haven't been that. And really you haven't been that now for two out of the last three years. Once because of COVID and now because you've been fighting for the last four months. Well, I mean, really, it's only been a couple months. It feels like nine months. But you've been having this fight really since 2020. So, yeah, you've you've, you've not done a good job of of pushing the game, promoting the game, getting people excited about the game. All right, hang tight. We're almost out of time. God, it's going by fast. Uh, we got Billikens basketball coming your way in just a little bit. Uh, 6.45 for the pregame, 7 o'clock opening tip. I got a little bit more baseball I want to close out on when we come back here on KMOX. I right, got a few minutes left here. I wanted to get to one other baseball topic. And uh, it's an interesting one. I, I mentioned uh, I was talking about Jason Stark's story in The Athletic uh, earlier uh, we now have a little bit of news, and it's not it's not a you know a huge thing. They're going to talk tomorrow. That's kind of the big news tonight. Uh, but there was also a good piece from Ken Rosenthal today on the Athletic that just kind of broke down where it was. And I just wanted to bring up the the luxury tax for a minute. I know I've talked a lot about it in recent weeks. How it's ridiculous that it's as low as it is that it doesn't grow with revenue and all of that. And it is ridiculous. I mean it's. You know, I pointed this out last night. Revenue, the the luxury tax has grown 17% while revenues have grown 46%. And, you know, so again, you're you're not, and, and we know payrolls haven't grown. Payrolls were at like 26% growth. So we know that those two things are not going up at the same rate as revenue, which means more money in the owner's pocket, which I'm fine with. I don't care what the players make. I don't care if Max Scherzer makes 43 million or 30 million. Or, I don't care. But I do care about what I've been harping on for months, which is the competitiveness of major league teams. The sport is going to be healthier long-term if teams are more competitive. More teams are more competitive more often. And, you look, you know, a team like Tampa Bay has showed us you don't need to have the Dodgers or the Yankees payroll to be good every year. There are a lot of creative ways to be good, and I don't really care what a team spends. I don't care that the Rays don't spend a ton of money. Who cares? They're good. But competitiveness needs to be the goal. And it needs to be a emph- point of emphasis. And as you look at it, I'm not sure as I think about it now, because I've, th- I've been thinking about this and, and looking at it for a long time, I'm not sure that the, the CBT, the luxury tax going up, is going to change that. I mean, it'll mean more money for the good players. But, I mean, we are past the point. See, Major League Baseball needs – I'm sorry. Major League Baseball Players Association needs to get past the idea that the high end of the market sets the numbers for everyone else. 
doesn't work that way anymore. It's this whole trickle-down thing. It doesn't work. Major League Baseball teams have figured out that the worst contracts are not the star contracts that maybe get bad after a number of years. The worst contracts are the unnecessary ones in the middle of the road, like paying a, a you know a slightly above average player 11 or $12 million a year. That's a bad idea when you can get pretty close to the same production from a guy making the minimum. And guys, that, that genie's not going back into the bottle. That is never going to change. Now, I would also make I would also make this point, and actually I was texting about this with my buddy Chris Ranji earlier today, that if you if you were to say set up a system that would end up making less for the star players, right? The star players couldn't make as much, there still wouldn't be any incentive to spend any of that money on anyone else because the analytics will show you that the slightly lesser player at the minimum is a better choice than the slightly better player at five, seven, eight, ten million dollars. Efficiency is the is the number one priority in Major League Baseball. Not necessarily high end success, although that's definitely a goal. Efficiency is number one. And again, I, I, I'm fine. I don't care about that. Like I said, I don't care what a professional athlete makes at the major league level or at the NFL level. They're all doing okay. They're all way above the average person. But I do care about the sport staying healthy, and I care about competitiveness because that's what the sport is all about. I don't have time tonight, but I do want to talk a little bit more. I think I'll do this tomorrow a bit about the minor league structure. There were actually a couple of great Twitter threads today. Uh, one from uh, the former number one overall pick, Mark Appel, who's drafted by the Astros before Chris Bryant was taken. And another one from a minor leaguer named Jack Kruger that kind of outline the difficulties that minor league players face and how easy it would be to fix it. And I actually think the Major League Baseball Players Association should be doing more to help minor leaguers. Not necessarily in collective bargaining, but outside of that, I'll explain more of that coming up tomorrow. We've got Billikens basketball coming your way tonight. They're playing host to LaSalle. Opening tip is coming up at the top of the hour. Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. have the call. we got the pregame show coming up for you next here on KMLX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.